There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. You ready to talk about some golf? Dude, am I ever? <laughs> Finally with people that want to hear about it. Yes. <laughs> you know, we've had we've had one actively touring musician on our podcast before, Tom McFarland from the band Jungle. And I said to him before we got going, like, you know, this is probably a little bit of a different type of interview than you're used to giving on a on a press tour, especially after a new album. But um yeah. I guess first of all, congrats on the new album. Thanks. I do want to say quickly, I just moved from Portland, Oregon to New York and I don't live here anymore became my road trip soundtrack. It has a very good, oh, cool. it plays well in the car. So you <laughs> yeah, got that yeah, going definitely. for you. Awesome. Yeah. We just, uh, we just got back last week from a, it's like five and a half weeks in the U S. So, um, it was, it was crazy just because of first time people had kind of been going to shows and everywhere we went mm-hmm. was colder than the last place we went. Um, but it was, it was awesome. We pulled it off. So we played it basically every show. So, yeah. And so you're gearing up for a big European stint now. What is that like? What does that in between process look like for you? What do you, how do you spend the time? Yeah, it's basically just, we leave, I leave on set a week from tomorrow. So it's like two and a half weeks at home. Um, just hang out with our son a lot. I have a three, basically a three-year-old. And so we just, paying i mean i you know i left for tour and then i come back and he's like talking it's like a whole different thing so um yeah just kind of been laying low and and hanging out with him and and the family and you know that's really it no golf though I'm three not, is such a sweet age yeah it's awesome i know every, every i know time the time flies but it's 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 a, it's it's so much fun and you said no golf though for some reason yeah well i mean before tour you know, in LA, it was playing all the time. And then you go on tour in the winter and there's obviously, this is nothing, you know, and now in Austin <laughs> and there's no, nothing. So makes you miss LA winters. <laughs> oh man. Year round golf. That's like, once you start playing golf, it's like, there's no reason why you'd ever leave Los Angeles. Cause you're like, even my friends, like, on the I like know. Diehard big golfers, they go on like <laughs> golf vacations and they live in Manhattan. I'm like, why do you live there? Like, why don't you just move to LA? Like, <laughs> right. yeah. where were some of your favorite places to play when you were out here? We played, um, I had these guys that I kind of met through a, a, a neighbor who was a, ra- a friend actually that I'd met years before in um, Australia. And it turns out that he was my neighbor when I moved into this house and he had this little group of, um, guys and they would play every friday and we'd play at um we'd do Knollwood a lot oh yeah uh, in the valley and um the one during the pandemic the traffic in la was significantly easier so we would play this course um out in oxnard which is oh yeah you know without mm. traffic it would only take us about 40 minutes uh it's called river ridge which is there's two courses there and just cool. really beautiful. I mean, it's like you take people there and they're like, this is a public course. Like they can't even, it feels like you're at a beautiful, you know, well-kept country club or something. I mean, and um, what was the other one we liked? Oh yeah. Simi Hills. Oh yeah. Simi Hills. Yeah. And, and yeah. during, during like late summer 2020, you could, 
hop on the 405, the 101, and be anywhere. I sound like yeah. the SNL skit. You should get yeah. on the 101 yeah, to the 405 yeah, and just get out of here. Stuart. You don't get it until you're there, and then you find you yourself saying things like that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so weird. Weeble wobble, one <laughs> of us. Right. <laughs> what do you like to play? Man, I, I will – go anywhere i can get a tea time now yeah, because golf yeah. a journeyman golf has seriously taken off in this city I know, like it has i know but you know what anytime i'm out there i'm seeing more women i'm yeah. seeing more people of color i'm seeing more yeah. uh more beginners like yeah and like tr- i truly like have to stop myself and look around and be like this is what we want. This is what we ask for. Yeah. This is like how we, we want, want, we want, we want to like, see people like this out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And like, who knows? It might be like, you know, gym resolutioners, you know, who start, you know, January, February, they're there. And then they're like, yeah, this ain't for me. And then they go back to the couch. Right. Who knows? But at least they tried yeah. it. For sure. But that is lasting from the pandemic. And it's a, we've talked about this a lot on, on this podcast because golf is going through this boom right now capital G golf, the industry of golf has a very rare opportunity to not fuck it up again, to to actually retain the new users that they have to their product and their industry. So we'll see what happens. The whole reason that we're having this conversation with you, Adam, is, is when I was listening to the new album, um, occasional rain, the last track has that line living down by the old par three. And I think I, I must've missed it the first couple of times, but I, that stood out to me when I was on a run and I was just like, wait, I was like, what does, is this, does, does, does he play golf? Like, is this a thing? Like, is that, <laughs> I, so, so, I I'm, well, I'm curious what that part three is. Like what, where, where are you referencing if, if anywhere at all? And, and then I guess what the significance of that was to make it into the song in the first place. That's fine. I mean, it's, it, yeah, there's this little part three called Wellington right near my house. It's like, Oh yeah. Blocks. Studio city. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's, it's really beautiful. It's like, there's a par three course, like nine holes. And then there's like 20 tennis courts and there's a putting green and it's just right mm-hmm. in the middle, right on Whitset. It's really beautiful. And like, there's a really great driving range. And, um, when we moved into this house, I was just going for a walk like the first night. And I just was like, Oh my God, I live like two blocks from this place. And, um, it's a long story cause they're trying to tear it down. Mm-hmm. And there's all these signs all around Studio City about like saving Wellington because oh, wow. this private school nearby, I guess, owns the property. They want to build like a whole athletic center for their school. Mm-hmm. Um, but so right when I moved into this place, I would go to the driving range like all the time. That's kind of when I started getting back into it because I could just walk up the street with some clubs and and yeah. um, and just bang it out. And like so, the, but then it kind of became a place where I would just at night like when I was working on the album, I would just like drive up to the, or walk up to the, like the side where you could see everyone teeing off for the the driving range and just like sit there and listen to some of the mixes we were working on, like was watching people tee off. And, and that song was one of the last songs that it was actually the first song we recorded for the record, like back in 2018. Um, Mm -hmm. but I kind of forgot about it until basically the end. And, um, the original line was I'm living as like I'm living down by an old fir tree, right? And I wrote that line and my bass player Dave was like, Oh, you know, I love that line about the fir tree. And I was like, Oh, interesting. I was like, Yeah, cool. 
and then I was still working on the song and like, re, you know, working on lyrics and keyboards and stuff. And at some point I was listening to it sitting, you know, in my car watching people tee off. And I was just like, oh, it's par three. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't even know what a fir tree. I was just using, I was like, I don't even know what a fir tree looks like if I were to find, you know, but I was like, here I am. I was like, and it just made so much more. I was like, oh, this is like the most honest thing I've ever put on an album. You know, it's just like, it's, I just sit here every night. And so. So I did it. And then it was funny because like it was almost like the next day when we were I was playing with my friends and I was like, hey, you know, I, last night I did this thing, this line about a par three. And they were like, it was just kind of a running gag for a few months because they were like, can't wait to hear this par three song. And then it's finally out and people are like talking about that lyric. It's pretty cool how, you, you know, you're just like, oh, no, that's I actually sit by this old par three every night and just watch people tee off and <laughs> right. listen to music and or do make a phone call and. It's like this, yeah. like this, once the baby was asleep, like this, like Zen hour of Zen or something that I had to myself. So wow, it's a really nice little course. And I, and then I, I last summer, I feel like I played it like every, every day or something for mm. a while, the part three. That course was the, the white noise <laughs> to your, you know, your, yeah, your, your creative process. I love that. Yeah. I would think about that yeah. differently now next time yeah. I go up there. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's kind of like, so cool watching people tee off or just like you know playing yourself it's like that's such a meditative thing you know it's like when i got started yeah. getting back into it, i just remember it was like you know especially with music i feel like when i'm playing music or recording it, it the whole thing is to like not think you know what i mean or you just like mm. react in like you're just trying to like explode or like let your whatever it's like you have technique but you try to just, you don't even think about it, you know? And I feel like with golf, it's yeah. cool to like, cause you only have like, hopefully a certain number of shots every day, you know, like 80 shot, 85 shots, real hundred shots, realistically, you know, <laughs> but it's like every time I feel like with golf, it's like, you kind of, you can't just go on all, you can't like just totally turn off, you know, you kind of have to like, at least with me, it's like you sit, you, stay, you get up to the ball. It's just like, think about the few things you want to do, you know, and just yeah. try to like, kind of like focus, you know, in a way that like, I don't do with music or making albums or something. So when I started getting mm. back into it, I started realizing that that thing with each shot that I really, I really liked the meditative kind of thing. Yeah. It's also cool to hear that the, for you, that line, that lyric, while maybe being the I don't know. It, it it doesn't necessarily work in a in a typical song. It's it's a it's a reference that you don't typically hear in music at all, let alone alternative rock music, whatever that means. But it, it's it's funny to me that like that is the more honest artistic expression, and something like the fir tree, which you might typically hear more of in in a piece of songwriting, is the the easier thing for you to put in there. But ultimately, you made the choice to to take it out. Like I, I think that that process of writing honesty is really important, and I'm glad that you had that, and I'm glad that it was about golf. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, it was cool. I just felt like that mo that thing I had every night with that course was just like a big part of. It was just something I looked forward to every day, and and yeah. um and yeah, and I was so into golf too. It was like just obsessed with it. You know, I still yeah. am, but like that that year and a half during the pandemic i was so into it right i also read that you grew up caddying 
in uh, Wellesley, Massachusetts. I I've talked a lot about this, but I I grew up outside of Boston as well. Oh, cool. Whereabouts? So I grew up in sort of I moved around a good bit, but I started in Lexington and moved to oh, yeah. Ar- Arlington and Acton oh, cool. and sort of all over the place. Yeah, Acton, yeah. Yeah, but what got me into golf was caddying. I caddied at Braeburn Country Club before then I I despised what I thought golf was. So when I saw that you caddied at Wellesley, two very similar country clubs, Braeburn and Wellesley, yeah. um I felt an immediate connection to your to your story. Yeah. What was your how did you gravitate towards the game through caddying? I think I had the same thing. I think like I probably watched it on TV and I was like, what is this game? I, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You know, it's like I was into Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and like, what is this? I can, you know, what is this game? And then I think a friend of mine, yeah, we lived in Dover, which is like 15 minutes from Wellesley. And yeah. someone was just like, oh, you know, on weekends, um, we can go caddy at this country club and make, you know, 20 bucks around basically. Um, so we started doing that. We'd get up, you know, get there at six thirty in the morning, get picked, go out, come back at around 11, have a hot dog and then go out again, you know, and be back. And my, my dad picked me up at like four thirty-five, And it was kind of like the movie. I mean, it's like, there's like a little caddy shack and yeah. there's a, you know, they give you some hot dogs and chips, whatever soda. And I was probably, I think I was, I don't even think I, I might've been like 13 or something, you know? Yeah. But then basically they would close the course on Mondays for maintenance, but caddies could play for free, even if you weren't a member, obviously. And so, which was pretty wild. I mean, so all of us, we just started playing on, on Mondays and me and my friend Chris would play. And I had a set of clubs that was my, um, my dad's dad's club. So they were like from the forties or fifties, you know what I mean? Like, wow. They might have even been been wood. I don't even know, but that's kind of what <laughs> I had, and um, and just loved it. I mean, got out. You know, we'd go out Saturday and Sunday basically, um, make some cash, and then go play Monday. Um, I think yeah, I think it was like seventh grade, maybe maybe sixth and seventh grade, yeah. but just kind of got the bug. Like me and this, in me and this kid were becoming good friends. So he was really into golf, and his dad. I think the whole thing was that his dad was really into golf. And wanted him to play with his kid, and also maybe wanted to play this really nice course on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it was cool. And then kind of just played all the municipal courses in Massachusetts, like you know. Um, and it was like four bucks, you know, before you turned yeah. seventeen. It was like four dollars to play. And um, it's incredible. We just played all the time. And this kid, Craig, his him and his family, they were members at this other place in Wellesley in the Hoyden, which is like a nine hole course. Um, and this like huge hill that everyone would sled down in the winter. So yeah. we would play there and then we'd play at Wellesley on Mondays when we were still caddying. And, um, and then just every weekend we played municipal courses. And then I finally got a set of, you know, clubs at one point from, you know, from the money I got from caddying. And, and then we started like, that was like, you know, we were so into it. Like you could get buy your own grips and your own shafts. And so this kid, Craig, he was really into that. And we were like, you know, made our driver. He bought all the parts and he had all the epoxy and had a blowtorch in his basement. So we got really, you know, really into it. <laughs> and then, you know, you get older and, and then, you know, it's a little more expensive and then you kind of just forget about it, you know? Right. But I'm happy that I, I'm so happy. I had that 
time with it when I was younger. And then now that I cut now, you know, 20 years later, I'm like back into it 25 years later. Would you describe yourself as a nostalgic person? I think a little bit. Yeah. Who isn't, you know, like for like, yeah, you know, the, the, uh, just the innocence of growing up and that, and that kind of having those kinds of stories and Mm. memories and talking about people I haven't talked to in 30 years that I'm talking about, like, we're, like, we're still friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, so one of our, our favorite themes or questions about golf and especially those who started young or, or had experience with golf when they're young is, uh, well, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a bit cause this is this question we usually reserve for the end, but if you could play a round of golf with the version of Adam that first learned the, the version of Adam that was, that was, uh, caddying at Wellesley and, you know, had those old wooden clubs. If y'all could walk that same course right now, what would the conversation be like? What, what would y'all talk about? Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I think then I was, when I was really getting into music too, it was like, you know, I got like three CDs for my birthday or something and a disc man. And it was like off to the races, you know? Um, oh yeah. So I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably, yeah. If like I was walking with, I'd probably just have like a handful of CDs in my bag and be like, let's like jump the gun, like 10 years on some of these, you know, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to make you wait. Like, you know, until you're 20 to find velvet underground or something. So here's that. um, here's some uh here's some miles davis you know here's you know maybe not i don't think a 13 year old's ready for a deep bob dylan dive but maybe you know some (laughs) other stuff some some more rock stuff from the 70s or something yeah what do you think a 13 year old would hand you like what cd would would 13 year old you hand you now oh definitely in utero 100 percent like that was my, you know, Nirvana was my main Nirvana and Pearl Jam were my main two things. Mm. Um, those, those big deals to me, but yeah, I'd probably be still be, still be talking about Nirvana and smashing pumpkins or something, you know, <laughs> how connected I was to some of the songs on a Siamese dream. I mean, I, you know, I basically would caddy and then go home and I had the songbook to that, album the Siamese dream album and I would just mm-hmm. learn it in my bedroom I couldn't do the solos but just that's kind of how I learned to play chords was just from that from that album so you always knew music was was your thing I, I always liked it I didn't really ever think that um that it would be like a career by any means you know but I always just in I just was I just was in love with it ever since I kind of got into it I had a friend in Wellesley they lived in Wellesley and his dad um, had like a basement kind of, you know, like man cave thing. Like Jeff, his bedroom was in the basement and then his dad had a pool table and a computer with like an early Cubase, which was like early, you know, computer recording system. Wow. And the drum set and the electric guitar and the bass. And, and um, so I'd go over to Jeff's to play basketball in the driveway and we would jam and then, I got really into that. Like the first time that his dad gave me, you know, let me plug in his electric guitar. I was like, it was all happening at the same time, like getting into music. And then I, you know, playing drum set for the first time, everything was like, this is like, I couldn't like, I'd go home and like, all I could think about for a week was 
going back to Jeff's to like jam again, you know, and I didn't do like one mm-hmm. chord, like he taught me like mm-hmm. one chord and like, so I always like ever since that time, I was really into it, but, but never like in a way that I didn't really, it wasn't like I immediately started like writing songs or home recording. I didn't do that for a long time, really kind of got into that stuff a little later. I was just such a fan and um, just liked, loved just playing, you know? trying to get better and yeah that first chord is powerful it was it was e minor which is just the easiest thing it's like Ooh. <laughs> you know he hit you with the smoke on the water i feel like that's the, yeah i mean it was that's like, like a the red, first one that everyone yeah yeah it was like just strumming six strings like this huge chord through this amplifier with all these effects on it like he had like this antiquated kind of 80s pedal board thing and it was just i was in i was and i was gone from there yeah that that first chord is kind of like that first well-struck iron shot it just like reverberates through your whole body and you're like whoa i can i can do this with the best of them like every (laughs) everyone can play everyone can play any minor everyone can hit a good seven iron you know it's like it's a weird equalizer i played a lot of music too growing up in in high school and when i was caddying i always found that the the walks in between shots and stuff where you're sort of listening to people and and hearing banter between the people that you're catting for, the people that you have very little in common with as a high school boy, right, um, is a really good writing opportunity. It's a really good way to, like, reflect on the language that people are using and and things like that. Did you, did you use that space or did you cull any stories from that time that helped you with your writing or your storytelling as a performer? Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like I don't. I don't remember a lot of those those walks. Like I just remember like keeping my distance from some of these guys. Never really. I feel like I never had like a guy that um, communicated with me or something. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like it was like I was just carrying this guy's bag. Um, <laughs> I, I think what I would get from that was just just how wide open the the space was and just walking down those courts and never having never been on a golf course and being like, Oh man, like, this is like, where is, where is this? Like just in the middle of this town, you know, like, and it was like, yeah, like Nar- like Narnia or something, you know, somebody's <laughs> like, well kept course really beautiful, you know? And like, you're out there at six forty-five in the morning and like the dew is there and the sun's poking through. You're just like, this is, I've never, it's like another world when you're, when you're out there. So True. Um, and I was probably still waking up too. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hear, hearing you talk about Narnia is like I feel like this conversation is going to spark another lyric. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're jotting I'm it sure. down in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how artists yeah. work, man. Y'all, y'all store stuff yeah. away. <laughs> it's funny. So like, so getting back into golf now, after it sounds like taking some time off, how have you felt it? change and not just for you but around you too like the the culture the people that are around you at a golf course i guess can you identify some differences that you see now versus then well i mean it's like brad was saying it's like there are a lot of people out there you know it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are trying out this sport and like you know i guess there's a thing in golf it's like everyone wants to like it to be you know the like you have to play a round in four hours and everyone has to like be, be like 
perfect and you know no one on the no one's allowed on the course unless they're like you're gonna shoot an 85 or something and <laughs> people are out there just like giving it their best shot you know and like trying to have fun and go out with their friends and i feel like the new thing which wasn't around back then is just like everyone's got a bluetooth speaker on their back <laughs> that's mandatory <laughs> which is awesome you know because it's like you end up like you know three of us went out once and we got they just looped us with a fourth who we didn't even know and um that's sometimes my favorite is when you get paired with someone you don't know and those are sometimes like the best rounds because you're like oh, this guy's awesome or like <laughs> that had stories or this one guy like owned a subway in glendale but he was just like he had this horrible slice, but he knew how to use it. So he had this crazy slice, but he would just like instead of like trying to work on it or whatever, he just aimed way left. And every time it was right in the middle of the fairway. I was like, dude, That's this guy crazy. is just dialed in and he knew the we were playing that DeBell course in Burbank and he just knew that course. And that's like so that's funny. a really challenging Play your game, course. Man. And it was fun. But that's like but yeah, the other times like you get paired with these guys and some guy just has his Bluetooth speaker and he's just ripping the tunes and you're like, <laughs> awesome. Like, you know, he's into everything. Like he was playing like Snoop and then it was like, you know, ACDC and just cranked. I'm like, man, if I was just like <laughs> walking up to three guys I didn't know and just like with my cranked Bluetooth speaker, like it's cool. It's just like a new it's a power it's like play, me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know, I would never meet these guys otherwise, and you end up going out and doing this thing for four and a half hours together, and by the end, you're like, "Dude, call me," and then you never do. But <laughs> I mean, it's fun, you know. It's the, it's the best. <laughs> and then you see guys like you know, you, or some guys like a lot of like a lot of filming themselves when they're playing. Mm. So, so you're like, "Dude, come on, you know, let's go." <laughs> Let's pick it up here. Let's pick it up. Do you do you ever bring your your sticks with you when you travel? Well, I'm going to this summer because we have some summer tour. Yes. Well, you'll so be gonna, you'll be in Europe, right? We're doing Europe, and then when we come back, April 24th, and then um, we leave again on like May 16th. So, oh no, wow. we have a show in Mexico on the 19th, and then after that, we're, we're like Atlanta, Nashville, Tulsa. St. Louis, like all these places. So now, like in the spring, in the summertime, I'm looking at days off. I'm like playing, playing. Yeah. In the winter, in the winter tour, a day off is just like sitting in a hotel room in Columbus right. while it blizzards outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're not, you're not, you're not, like, you're not playing in Columbus in February. Yeah, I'm like looking. I'm like, okay, day off. I'm like, do they have Postmates in Columbus? You know. Yeah. Now I'm like looking at days off in May and June, and I'm like, oh, looking at courses and so. Yeah, I can't. Exciting. I mean, I can't wait. It's in our our production manager Jimmy, he plays, and um, we went out when we were Crucial. doing some rehearsals in Ventura. Um, mm. I took him to River Ridge because he lives in Vegas, and he was great. I was like, "Oh, dude, we're gonna play together in the spring and summer." And so it's it's yeah, I can't wait to have that on tour. It's the best way for a great day off. There's always somebody in the crew that's just a stick. That's just like <laughs> unassuming and it's just, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been caddying since I was like 16 and like my dad is a plus two and like I just watched yeah. him and like I got a full ride <laughs> yeah. to Pepperdine and like. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
like here's me next to Scotty Scheffler. Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> but he's a Florida boy too, so you never know. Oh, oh with, yeah, that's always dangerous. Trained with uh, Fred Couples, you know something. Who yeah, knows? yeah, yes. yeah. Buttery tempo. Let's hit you with a couple of our meat and potatoes. Uh, a GGT house favorite is um, what are some of your favorite golf smells? Oh, golf smells. Well, I mean, obviously the, the cut grass. Um, honestly, I feel like maybe the goose shit too, in some weird way, just because it's not like. <laughs> Man, I've been waiting for somebody you, to say it that. It doesn't knock you over, nope. but it's like, I don't know. I feel Nobody like I'm said out that. There. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm out that's there. A, when I that's smell. a you know, yeah, answer. You know, you know where you are. You're at a golf course. Yeah, I know where I am. That. I'm like, that's right. I'm playing some golf today. This is great, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> I love it. Maybe um, probably a new glove, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this Br- is like, like you, bread of leather. <laughs> yeah, you pay for your round, and you're like, I'm going to get a new glove. That's going to that's gonna save this round, right? Mm-hmm. So then you, right. at the end of the summer, you have like 12 gloves, <laughs> you know? Or actually, not the new glove, but the one that you crumpled up and put in the bottom of the bag and then found it like six months later. And it's all dried out. And you're like, oh, I love this glove. And then you put it and you smell it. It's all, and then you put it and you like play like the round of your life or something. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, back on, I'm back on this glove. Like Mike, the old shoes. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are a few that come to mind. I love that. Um, what, what's, uh, do you have a time that you can recall? where you laughed like the hardest you've ever laughed on, on a golf course? I mean, yeah, probably because when I played with these dudes in LA, this one guy, Charles, if there's any water even remotely close, like even if the pond is behind him, like even if he's like <laughs> teeing off and the, and the water is behind him, he's going to find a way to put that ball in the water. And it was like, Excellent. we always make fun of him. Like, Oh dude, you're going to, you're going to put the ball in the water. And he's like, He's British. He's like, oh, mate, it's over there. How would I do that? And then, bang. I don't even know how the ball goes. Like, it's like a lateral shot. It just goes like 200 yards laterally, and it goes right into the drink. <laughs> and I feel like that's just, you know. And he's not even faced. You know, he just puts one down. And then, like, maybe the third one, the third mulligan, he'll just crush it. But, yeah, I feel like with those guys, <laughs> it's always something like that. Like, watch out for that. Yeah lake 300 yards away and he finds a way to drop it in he'll find it he understands the laws of the universe uh i think therefore i am (laughs) i also will say i i definitely like there was this one hole that Knollwood. i think it was Knollwood, where it's like like a 310 yard par four and i hit this drive i i drive the ball pretty far i not because i have a technique it just seems to go pretty far um and i was like where's my ball and it ended up on the green i think it might i think it hit a rock like i don't know i think it hit i got lucky some but it's a little bit of a dog leg um so it was like five feet from the cup and i basically was like oh eagle putt i basically ended up double bogeying it because (laughs) The putting, it was just one of those, like, it was one of those YouTube videos of, like, worst putting ever. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, missed the eagle. And then I was getting in my head and missed the bird. And then, like, right. shanked the putt. Yeah. It was, like, one of those things. And they, those it, it unravels just, quickly, yeah. It unravels very, <laughs> very quickly. 
you miss the eagle and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm definitely going to get a birdie, probably definitely a par. And then you're like staring at, staring at a bogey. You're like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> losing your mind. Here we go again. But all you can do, you know, that's the thing. It's like with golf, it's like, at least with me, it's like, you know, this is, I'm not going to like, I'm not looking to be a pro, you know? So it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's truly, truly fun. You know, all you got to say when you come home is like, I had an Eagle putt today Exactly. and leave it at that. And like, talk about the drive, talk about the drive, leave the rest out of it. I had had a birdie putt. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, it, it's 2022 you you return to wellesley it's the the caddy champions dinner all the caddies you knew at age 13 are there your boy chris is there his dad is there like all the home the squad is there and they're there to celebrate your victory like you just you're the the men's champion at wellesley wow and you get to pick the menu you get to pick what everybody's eating. Oh wow! What what's on the menu? We're going back in time. Well, I guess it would probably. Well, no, nah, this probably... is twenty twenty two. This is twenty twenty two. This is like this is the no, return. Right. No, I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's on the menu? Well, I feel like I'd probably have to. Dessert would definitely. I work around the same time that I, I was caddying. I was also working at Friendlies. Hell you know yeah. what Friendly's oh, is? does anyone know what Friendly's is? Hell yeah. I wasn't sure how regional All right, cool. it was. Yeah. I'm from New Jersey. So were- <laughs> Drew, do you okay, know what right, Friendly's yeah, is? Yeah. Nope. Do they have Friendly's in Wisconsin? No, we right? don't. Oh, man. It's kind of like, it's not unlike a Culver's, but Culver's is bigger, I guess. Right. But it's basically okay. like, it's based it's like on an ice the, cream it's, bar. It's ice cream place, but you also okay. get like grilled cheese, cheeseburgers, hot dogs. Yeah. Okay. You go in, okay. like, this. I work the ice cream window, like the walk-up window, but you can also go in and they have booths. You get a waiter, and he's got, like, a white hat on. You know, it's like a whole thing. It's like... Got it. It's like a chain you know, diner. 50s okay. inspired, but it's like... Right. You know, um, tuna fish, whatever. So I worked the ice cream window there around the same time I was caddying. And so I definitely put some some fribbles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, dessert we get we get friendlies to cater um wow. the dessert but um what would i put on the menu well we'd probably start with uh maybe some soup right because that's the thing we talk about a lot on the tour is like i always want to bring a crock pot on tour mm. ever since we were touring in like a volvo and i was like man how sweet would it be i was like one day we'll have a van and we can bring a crock pot and cook. And now it's like, we have like two buses and I'm like, we still can't just justify bringing a crock pot. I'm just like, shit's going to hot soup. is just going to fly everywhere. <laughs> so, but, um, probably, yeah, probably some soup. And, um, so soup is a delicacy for a touring mus- musician then. Oh man. To anything home cooked is like a delicacy. Like right. we could, that's the thing. It's like, Trying to find a way to like take, especially after the pandemic when everyone got very into like their home life, you know, like, right. And then you go right on the road and you're like, how do I maintain that level of, you know, domestication and control while going city to city and, you know, unforgiving weather and having eating terrible food or not terrible food, but, you know, nothing home cooked, you know? So Mm -hmm. this whole tour was basically us sitting in a green room. 
every day figuring out like, all right, well, if we had like a road case made, we could have like, cause I'd be like, yeah, I want to make salad, but cleanup is the issue. It was like a whole thing. We had all these <laughs> issues of like, how do you actually do it when you don't have a kitchen? Um, but soup is definitely a delicacy. Um, basically cause it's not just like flat meats and cheese and <laughs> diet, diet Cokes and <laughs> bags of lettuce, you know, and you know, yeah. Chips, of course, tortilla chips. So we got a, we got a starter. Soup is on the rider. I see. I see what it is. Okay. Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was my whole thing. I was like, well, yeah. why don't we bring a crock pot and then every day we advance things for soup or what we want to make. So if you want to make like spaghetti sauce one day, you have the, the runner bring like, there you go. You know, tomatoes. And I'm just like, this gets very complicated yeah. very quickly. <laughs> who's, and then everyone's just like, well, who's going to clean it? I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course he would. Uh, so we got, so we we got, got your soup, soup and we got fribbles. We got, we got fribbles. <laughs> soup and fribbles. The <laughs> sound, sound start. My 1998 diet. Um, yeah, probably if we're, if we're, we're, you know, if we're, um, being nostalgic for those times and yeah, maybe some soup and then what did I like to eat back then? Probably some hamburgers that my dad made. He'd make them in the, um, Mm. toaster oven with Mm. the broiler with like basically a mountain of garlic salt Mm -hmm. was, that's his thing. It's like a broiled burger with a ton of garlic salt. No bun, no cheese, no, like, it's not, you know. Oh, He would whoa. have us on Saturdays. Oh, wow. Patty, yeah, straight no, just patty. Beef. Yeah, just a patty with tons yeah. of garlic salt. And because he'd have us on Saturdays, and my mom would work at his store. And it was just, it was every Saturday was that, that meat thing. And then scrambled eggs <laughs> burned beyond. <laughs> it took me, I didn't even know for so long that that's not how you're supposed to cook an egg. And I feel like I <laughs> cooked it for someone once, so like, what is this? I'm like scrambled eggs. You're like, no, nah, it was an egg. <laughs> right, right. Not a Ten minutes egg. ago. <laughs> so we would do some uh, of that. Maybe some, bur- you know, some broiled. You get the burger and you broil it, and like all the fat kind of like comes up and just like sits on top. It looks like a mm. gel. Mm-hmm. And you just mm-hmm. like scrape mm-hmm. it off and. So That's Pop was doing keto stuff. before before he even knew. He was ahead exactly. of his time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very enterprising. And then um, what's our side dish? You know, maybe, yeah, so some burgers and, you know, maybe some, um, you know, we lived right near this big cornfield. So maybe some, you know, maybe some corn on the cob. That's, you know, this and is a very, fribble. like, this is a Massachusetts meal. Yeah, <laughs> that, that corn on the cob. I'll tell you what, the friendlies thing hits home for me yeah. in, a, in a big way, man. Like my my parents got divorced when I was three, and the the apartment that my mom moved to um, was right on the corner. There was a friendlies, oh, and wow. while my dad was still looking for you know a place to live and like you know getting getting his shit together, he he would come over and and get me like one day a week on like a, on a Sunday or something and take me to friendlies and just sit with me and I'd have a monster mash and, yep. uh, which was a, one of their ice cream Sundays. And we would have that hour together once a week or something like that. And so friendlies as 
odd and despicable and greasy and <laughs> all of those nasty to describe that place it it was a special place um so it's cool and i haven't thought about friendlies in a very long time so thank you for bringing yeah. that up <laughs> yeah it was a special but it's the thing even my experience there i think the 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 boss it was really gross it was like once you kind of like when i would be washing dishes and then they would take food out of the walk-in and it would be like covered in flies and i'd be like should i throw this away and they're like no why would we throw it away i was like it's covered in flies so stuff like that and you're like and i think the the owner there was some weird thing where she was like stealing from the employees like she was punching everybody out basically cheating payroll so but at the end of the day i still have a fond memory of it just because it was like right i went i went i did the same thing i went there with my with my dad like after a soccer game or something, or when you pick me up from caddying and we'd get a tuna sandwich and a fribble, you know? Right. And then like, you know, it was just, it's like one of those places, you know? And like, um, and then I worked there and it was like, well, this place is pretty fucked up, but I still like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, work, I worked the ice cream window and just like come home, like my whole right arm just covered in, in ice cream from scooping and just, you know, and then I'd sit in front of the TV at like midnight and watch like David Letterman and eat like a whole pint of black raspberry ice cream. (laughs) There you go. Without any consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's say you, you do win that caddy championship and the next year you, you get to go back and play it again. You walk up to the first tee. What's your walk up music? What's the what's the song that you're telling the DJ to play to get you fired up and get the the crowd of three people around the first tee box fired up as well? <laughs> Probably my own song. <laughs> yes, hell yeah. Probably there like I is. don't live here anymore or something. You know what I mean? It'd be like the perfect oh, song. Yeah. That would be the perfect song. You know, come back to so your true. old your old town. Walk up to that tee. That first tee at Wellesley too. It's really beautiful. It's just you know elevated tee. Yeah, remember Reggie Lewis? Remember him? Played for the Celtics? Oh no, not Reggie Lewis. D Brown. Remember D Brown? He won the he won the dunk by he was he did the dunk contest. He did the year. first dab. Hell yeah. yeah. Dude, he, lived right there. he lived like I think he if you like if you hooked it on the first tee, you might hit D Brown's. You're in D Brown's backyard. That's wow. crazy. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, D Brown was shit, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, put put that tune on, walk up and I shank it. That's probably what I do. <laughs> Drop a mulligan. Drop a ball in D Brown's mudroom. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you guys play? Are you guys really good at golf? Are you? What do you guys? What do you guys shoot? Like? No, we're terrible. High seventies. Are you terrible? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the goal. Yeah, the goal. The goal is high seventies. <laughs> yeah, the goal is high. So the, the goal, the goal is seventy two. Yeah. Right, yeah. Adam, yeah, that's why we have a um, show called Group Golf Therapy. We got to unpack. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> sure. I was like, are these guys like ringer? Like are these guys like pros? You know, definitely <laughs> no, not. No, 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 no. This this foursome would not be. We wouldn't win anything. You know, like we. <laughs> no. Right. We, we might like, win best dress. Like, yeah. We might win best dress. We we would be like you know bottom middle of the pack. Like like uh, like fortieth percentile. I mean, if you, you get know. like one great shot in a round, it's totally worth it. Exactly. Oh, thousand like percent. Seven yeah. iron. You get like a whatever, like a seven iron, and you like stick it like three feet, and you're like, I'm the fuck. I'm the I'm like if I, you know, 
Adam, I'm on the I'm on the moon if I make a six foot putt. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any sort of great putt is like right. Uh, you're on tour. You're raising a three year old. You're uh, you, you you've given us you know a, a great overview of the 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 person that is Adam. Um, you know, but outside of golf, where's your happy place? Outside of golf, well, yeah, I mean, playing music, hanging with my son, writing, you know, working in the studio, um, being creative. Um, that's it, you know, that makes me happy. Yeah. Build, you know, building stuff, you know, it's like thinking about stuff and trying to get better at stuff. That's like with golf, like getting back into it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, this is like, something I can like work at, you know? And like, like I love the being outside and the being in LA and getting to experience the weather and fresh air. And then you like also, and just the camaraderie of having these guys that I don't really, our only thing together is golf, which is cool. We don't work together. I don't work in the music business, but we don't have connections in the music business together. And, Mm. um, we don't really socially go out together. We just do golf. And when we're, golfing you'd think that we've known each other for 20 years you know mm-hmm. but it's like i just love that too just having relationships on the course and and just like our relationship basically revolves around playing golf which is which is great you know golf yeah golf friends that that is a it's a, it's a it is a beautiful thing because you don't need to like you said you don't have to hang out outside of the golf course and that's okay that's that's but you can have really deep yeah. and meaningful conversations on the course and you For can sure. get to know these people really well. But yeah, you know, we all, we all have those golf friends and mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's uh that's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. Cause if you yeah. were to hang out outside, you'd just be talking about golf. Right. What would you be talking 100%. about? Yeah. Four guys in a restaurant, like, yeah. Talking about that drive or like, yeah. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys walk when you play or do you, do you cart? I, love I would walk. say that walk all of us walk, like to walk. Yeah. 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 I feel like the guys I play with, it's, this is, it is this cart thing. And then we kind of got caught up in this, like always had a cart and I'm always kind of like, hmm. kind of want to walk. Yeah. But then I'm the guy holding everybody up. I'm like, we're like four totally capable, able guys. Why are we in four carts? Yeah. You, you ain't yeah. going to worry about me if we're on a course. I'll be there. I'll, I'll right. Like, right. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold us up. Do you have like the push cart thing? I don't. I carry my bag, but scary, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's the rhythm for me. Like I like the I like the in between time, yeah. Between between shots of of picking up my bag and walking to the next thing, and yeah, thinking about thinking about what just happened and thinking about what I hope to do next, and yeah, thinking about other things outside of the golf course too, right? Like it's those. Those moments of space, I think, the negative space in golf, I think, is really beautiful. I agree. And, like, with the pandemic, when we started, everybody had to have their own cart, right? Mm. So even yeah, if yeah. – so I hit the drive. I'm driving to my ball. I'm thinking – when I'm driving, I'm walking, same thing. Driving to my ball, I'm thinking about life, and then I'm thinking about – and I get to the ball, thinking about my club. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting up to the ball and think, I'm only thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the pandemic, the club, the courses are like, well, you, you know, you guys got to share carts now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm driving to some other guy's ball. <laughs> you 
You know what I mean? I got to drive to some other guy's shot and I got to listen to him talk about some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and after about two weeks of this, I'm like, I got to get my own cart. I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, you're hitting it all the way over there. I, I'm sitting here, I'm driving around in a circle looking for your ball. I'm like, I want to be over at my ball thinking about, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't take the fun out of it because I love playing, but I was just like, it, I was like, I got to do my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, and he'd hit it, and it'd, it'd go like 80 yards, and I'd be like, yeah, you're good. Just walk up to it. You're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grab a club. Yeah, yeah, grab a club out. Yeah. yeah. Adam, I want to be conscious of your time. I guess the last question that we have on our meat and potatoes is, um, what is your mortal wound? What is the Achilles heel, the the nut that you can't crack in your life, the, the, the void in your chest, the thing that like keeps you searching, driving, looking. Putting. <laughs> <laughs> well, chip, maybe chipping, maybe like, maybe like the, the 60 yard or no, you're like, you know, you're 70 yards from the pen. Mm. And someone's like, shot. Just hit like, yeah, it's like someone just hit like a, you know, a 40% wedge. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I know what's going to yeah, happen yeah, if yeah. I do that. I was like, it's just going to, I'm going to hit the bottom of it. It's going to go into the the woods, dude. Like, you know, it's either like, what's the full swing I hit, you know? Or then you start being like, I'll just run it up with a five iron. And then, you know, anything can happen when you start thinking like that. Yeah, there's no formula to that one. Yeah. No. But yeah, I think, you know, truthfully, everyone's just trying to, feel complete, you know? And that's kind of the thing. It's like music and that makes you happy for one reason. Having a kid makes you happy for another, for all these other reasons. And, and, um, what keeps you going is just finding little bits of enjoyment in every, in everything you kind of touch and trying to find new stuff. And it's like golf. It's like, why did I all of a sudden get back into golf during a pandemic? It was like, I was just like, something new to get is like just something new to kind of get lost in. And like, mm. and you learn, you just learn so much about yourself and other people and just, it just gives itself the time and the space to, to think and reflect. And that's, I think what everybody really, if they have, they're fortunate to have the time and the space to do it. Like that's what people want is just to like, to try to understand their world, you know, try to understand their life a little better. If that makes any sense. Mic drop. Boy, does it. Yeah. Got to play around someday. We must. We would love we would that. We would love that. Come back to L.A. Brad, I'll, yeah. get, your, I'll get your info from Jessica. If when I'm back in L.A., we should play or something. That would be great, man. I, yeah, I make these two jealous with a lot of our guests that <laughs> that either come yeah. through L.A. or live in L.A. Everyone's in L.A. <laughs> Everyone's, in LA. <laughs> that Everyone's golfing in January. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, y'all. You're, you're in um, New York, you said. I'm in New York sort of on a, a temporary layover before going to London. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, I'm just – I'm here for a little while and until I get – Where do you even play in New York? Like, where is there – It's a great question. I'll tell <laughs> you, you what. To like... You got to take – you ta- you got to take three trains and a lift to get up to the Bronx um, or take a train and a couple buses to get down to – Brighton Beach or Coney Island in South oh, Brooklyn, wow. um, or 
get lucky and have a friend who has a car to get you out to New Jersey or something. It's it's a it's a it's a right, process. Like Westchester, yeah. It takes grit. Yeah, well, well, Westchester, if you got the country club connections for sure. Right. If you got um, the scuttle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a process. It it definitely has made me um I think a, appreciate more the time on the golf course, right? Like I, I don't take that for granted anymore ever mm. because yeah. I know how long it, it takes to get there and um you want to maximize that experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That's why I gotta play twenty seven holes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just don't stop. Don't stop playing. Play till dark. Yeah. Um Adam, this was really, really fun. Thank you so much yeah, for doing this. Yeah, I had an awesome time. This. Thanks, guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you really so much cool. for your time. Do you guys ever uh, listen to and- Modest Mouse? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Did you see their that press photo for their new album? No. It was when they released their record like six months ago. It was Isaac like in the drummer. Does he play golf, Isaac? Well, the picture is them in like full golf. Like they were obviously like. Oh, okay. Like full garb. Like, <clears throat> you know, take our picture and then let's use this. So that's why I was like. That's kind of like, cool. I wonder if Isaac plays golf, but you should look. It's like probably if you just look like new album, like I'm sure yeah. you see it. But I was wow. like legit. I was like, oh, I bet those dudes like play. Ton- looks like they it's got this like golf. sepia filter on it. Kind of, yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. Full, it's awesome. Know, full, full everything. That's very Adam. Cool. Are there any like, are there any people in the in the music industry that you've found that that you didn't know golfed that that you've learned have or I would say not that really. one picture of Isaac. I was like, oh, I wonder if he plays okay. golf, but. That's you know, dope. then I wonder, I'm like, does Dylan play golf? You know? Yeah. Um, what's he like? That would course? be a wild like, experience. Oh, my God. So, That'd be would, insane. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of guys, especially L.A. people, I'm sure they all, you know, you hear like Justin Timberlake. You're like, oh, he's a scratch golfer. You're like, well, is he? You know, but maybe he no, is. He's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not. <laughs> he probably is. Yeah. No, he's not. No, no, no fucking know. way. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I mean, you got to play like all the time since you were like a kid to like be a scrap. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, you know, if yeah. you're like a, I don't know how, if you're like a pop star, if you have time to like really work on your game, you know? Yeah. Let's yeah, keep somebody on a retainer. Tired, you know? Right. True. Maybe travel with one of those like swing analyzer things. Mm hmm. All right, Adam. Yeah, well, thank I'm you. Thanks, guys. It was really fun.